for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. And hello to everybody on video. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been, I've been working on this for a few weeks, uh, going live on video, and decided tonight was the night we we're going to do it. And so here we are, we're live uh, simulcasting on Facebook. Now the plan is with the live video is in about two weeks when we're uh, back with another live video show. Next week is 4th of July weekend. We're still going to have a show for you, but it's going to be pre-recorded. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks. And then this is going to be put out on like a ton of different platforms. So this is going to be everywhere. I mean... I think I can put it out on like up to 40 platforms with the uh, setup that I paid for. Uh, so this took a lot of work. It took a lot of money to do this. And so I, I say that because uh, we don't have sponsors. Uh, we don't have any commercials in the show. We're commercial free and we were out spending all this money to be able to do all this. So I'm going to tell you in a couple of minutes how you can help support the show. All right. Uh, tonight in the uh, guest segment, Coming up in 30 minutes, and those of you watching on the video feed over at Facebook, I can hold the uh, book up for you. Tonight, our guest is Mr. Jack Teich, and his wife, Janet, will be here to talk about his book, Operation Jacknap. And you may or may not remember this story, but it was a really big deal back in 1974. Uh, he was kidnapped. He was held for ransom of three quarters of a million dollars. The FBI was involved. It was a really big deal in the news, and uh, it's a fascinating story. I just finished reading the book today, and I know so many of you love true crime. Jack and his wife, Janet, will be with us here in about uh, 27 minutes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, okay, so next week we don't have a guest. I am going to do a fresh show for you, but I'm going to pre-record it, but it's going to be a brand new fresh show. I want to do that for you. But I didn't want to do a guest next week because sometimes when you do a guest on a holiday weekend, bad things happen. <laughs> I had a guest once. It was a holiday weekend and they showed up um, for the show. They kept their, their promise to be on the show and they came on drunk. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> uh, some of you may remember that show, uh, the, uh, the drunk guest show. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to uh, put people in that position to have to, uh, possibly show up drunk, uh, man. Okay. So much is going on, but I, I have to start by telling you about this bizarre, this, uh, dust cloud from Africa. I, I saw this on the news about a week ago that supposedly thousands of miles up in the atmosphere, there is this dust cloud that's going to be coming from Africa to the United States. And, and I've never heard of anything like this before. I live a sheltered life, but dust clouds traveling 
thousands of miles. I guess at 5,000 miles it had to travel uh, to come here to the United States. So, you know, I, I kind of filed that away, didn't really think much about it. And then yesterday, my wife and I were out in uh, Jacksonville at one of our favorite places, the Riverside Arts Market, which is a beautiful outdoor market. Uh, you can get fresh coffee. You can pet other people's dogs. <laughs> you can get fresh produce. There's live music. It's it's a fun thing. And you'll it's about 45 minutes for me to get there from where I live in Palm Coast. But I love it. So we're up there all the time. So I'm up there and it's just like there's this haze over the city. Now, we don't get smog here in Florida, at least in this part of Florida. Maybe they get it in Miami, but not that I'm aware of. And my wife says, oh, yeah, that, that looks just like the smog in California. I said, yeah, but we don't get smog here. So I went over and I asked a couple of the police officers and they said, oh, yeah, that's that African dust cloud. And I, I was then reminded of that. And I have been coughing the last couple of days. My throat is just really dry. We took the motorcycle out this morning, rode the motorcycle to church. And uh, I'll tell you, it's not like it's not palpable. It's not like you can feel the dust in your mouth, which sometimes happens around here. If you're riding a motorcycle, say near the beach and it's really windy, it's not like that, but it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it, you know, it's there because you can feel the dryness in your throat. And when you're breathing, if we don't have enough trouble with breathing <laughs> and all of these masks and all of this nonsense. Uh, all right. And the, the other thing that set me off today, I had a really bad trip to the grocery store. And I have to tell you this, and, and I did something, you know, I, I usually don't lose my temper, but I lost my temper today. So I, I, I apologize to the folks here at the local grocery store. So I'm, I'm in the meat section. I'm planning to make some chili. I like to make a meal on Mondays. That's good for a couple of days. Uh, Mondays are super busy for my wife and I. So I like to make a meal uh, first thing in the morning or I'll cook it tonight. And then that's covers us for a couple of days. So I thought I'll make a big pot of chili. So I go into the meat section and I start looking at packages of ground beef, tiny packages of ground beef. I'm not kidding you. $8. And that's with my, my discount membership card to this grocery store. I'm going to pay $8. I mean, for a tiny a tiny little package of ground beef. And there was another lady standing there next to me. And, and I said to her, I said, am I looking at what's going on here? Is, is this right? And she said, yep. Look at the price of ground beef. I told her, I said, I'm going to have to start eating gold bars. Uh, I'm not going to be able to afford ground beef. So she was so nice though. She helped me. She, she said, Hey, if you buy this package, this is a better deal. So she helped me pick out the, uh, uh, the better deal. So I get to the checkout lane with all my ingredients for this chili I'm going to make. And uh, I, I, I go through the checkout. It's so hard to, to talk to people. They've got a big glass shield up. They've got a mask on. And it's, it's just, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher when they're talking to you. It's like, <laughs> this is what it sounds like now when people talk to you with these masks on. So in any case, I don't know what I did. I do not understand how it happened. But I ended up, I got all of my bags and I go to my car and I go home and it's like 15 minutes away. This is not a good close by grocery store. It was a grocery store that was on the way home from somewhere else that I was. So this is not my close by grocery store. So I get home, I unpack everything. And I said to my wife, make sure you put away the ground beef uh, because I'm not going to be cooking that until later. She says, what ground beef? 
it turns out they didn't give me my ground beef. Now, this when I when I grew up in Chicago, we used to have you would get these big brown grocery bags. And uh they would put everything like I I got like eight or nine items, okay? That would fill up one of these brown grocery bags. But I don't know what's going on. I think the same people behind the masks are behind this whole mix up about the grocery store bags because what we're being told is we need to get away from the paper bags because the plastic bags are better for the environment. Well, now some people are saying, no, it's, it's actually the, the reverse. The paper bags are better. But in any case, they've got these, these plastic bags. You buy seven or eight things, you get 15 bags. I, I don't know how this works, all these bags that you get. And because of this, I, I don't know how they teach these people how to pack bags, but you get eight or nine things. It's like every item gets its own bag. It's not necessary. And I end up going to my car. I don't have my ground beef. So I, 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 I figure out I don't have my ground beef and I am not going to drive back 15 minutes each way to get my ground beef because I don't have time because I'm, I'm doing the show today. Right. So I, I asked my wife, hey, can, can you go? So, I, you know, I called the store. Hey, I, I didn't get my ground beef. They were like, yeah, we've got it right here at the service counter. I said, look, do I get anything extra for coming back? I've got to come back or my wife has got to come back. It's going to take 30, 35 minutes to get there and come back. No, we don't give you anything extra. We'll just give you your ground beef. <laughs> I don't know. I, and I, I was kind of nasty. I'll be honest. I was kind of nasty with the lady on the phone, but shouldn't you get something if you have to go back? I mean, they, they pack up your stuff and then let you walk away without one of your, your 136 bags. And I'm telling you, this is all because of the plastic bags. If they would just give me a, a single brown bag, probably nine out of 10 times I go to the store, I could get everything in one single brown bag. I don't need all of these plastic bags. Okay, enough ranting about that. Uh, all right, let me give you tonight's sponsor, and that's how we're commercial free for the whole program. Tonight's sponsor, again, is VARS, Virtual Asset Retirement System. I'm just going to mention it to you. I taught an online course from 2008 to 2015, all about how to make money working on the internet. I've sort of updated that course, call it the 2.0, and it's all about how to retire from the online, uh, the income from these online businesses. That's why we call it virtual asset retirement system. What I did was this. I don't want to play any games with people. You don't have to give me your email address. You don't have to call an 800 number. Here's, here's the deal. Go to varstraining.com, V like in Victor, A-R-S, V-A-R-S, training.com, varstraining.com. I posted the first three lessons for free. So you can just check it out. Watch the first three lessons if it's for you sign up. I'd love to have you. If not, no worries. Uh, it's not for everybody. Maybe you don't need the extra money. Maybe you don't like working with computers and technology. Uh, in any case, that is tonight's sponsor that is paying the bills and the bills are going up. <laughs> so that's how you can help us also by buying my online course that helps me pay for doing all this. Varstraining.com, V like in Victor, A-R-S, varstraining.com tonight's sponsor varstraining.com okay a lot to get into tonight i've got all my notes up here on the screen uh and what i'm doing for folks that are watching on the video i'm not playing directly to the video i'm kind of doing this like rush limbaugh does which is 
I'm looking at my notes. So this is not primarily for video. It's primarily for the audio for the radio audience. Um, okay. Uh, let's get into it tonight. I want to mention this really quickly that I put up a brand new article over on medium.com and you can get to it through christianmoney.com. If you go to christianmoney.com, I do have a link there to this article, which is really, uh, it's going viral. Everybody loves it. A lot of people are sharing it. A lot of people are reading it. It's all about how to become a drive away driver. Now, let me tell you just quickly what it is. Uh, if you like driving your car, you can actually get paid to drive other people's car, uh, other people's cars. So, so let's say someone's moving from New York to Florida and they don't want to pay all that money to have a vehicle transport company involved. Their car might get damaged when it goes on one of those big trailers. Uh, my sister just had a car moved and her car got damaged. I hear this from everybody. That's why they don't want to put their car on these trailers. They don't want the cars to get damaged so that they will pay you to drive their car and you can get paid between 500 and a thousand dollars to become a drive away driver. So each trip you get 500 to a thousand dollars plus your expenses to pay for the gas. And it's not just cars. It's also RVs. It's also kind of believe it or not ambulances. Now, if you're going to be driving an ambulance, don't turn the flashing lights on. That's not allowed, but uh, you do transport the ambulance from the manufacturer and you, and you actually deliver that. So this is really cool. And it's, um, you know, for those of you, maybe you're, you're a teacher, you're off for the summer, maybe you're retired. Um, maybe you've just got some extra time off right now because of everything that's going on with the coronavirus. Uh, check out my article, uh, how to become a drive away driver. There's a link to it at christianmoney.com. Or you can just go straight to medium.com and find me over there under my author name, which is James L. Paris. We call the show Jim Paris Live, but just to confuse you, all of my books are written under my more formal name, James L. Paris. Okay, another big weekend of shootings in Chicago. Last weekend, I came on and told you all the shootings and it was the numbers were like doubled by the time the end of the day came. So I'm not even going to give you the numbers, but I will tell you that uh, it's just tragic that another small child, another small child has been shot and killed in the gunfire this weekend in Chicago. And a lot of people are asking the question about black lives matter. I'm with you. Black lives matter. That's great. But why do black lives matter only when it's a white police officer shooting a, a, an African-American. Do black lives not matter on these weekends in Chicago where there's 50 or 100 people shot? Uh, I don't know how many people died, including one of them was a small child. The same thing that happened last weekend in Chicago. It's, it, it's, it's horrible. And, and where is the CNN truck uh, to cover this? Nowhere to be seen. Um, it, it is just tragic uh, what continues to happen in these cities that are run by Democrats, that are run by Democrats. Uh, all right, enough on that. You, you can pick that up on the news. Just tragic. Okay, th this story is, is trending right now. Apparently, uh, Trump was doing a campaign appearance, and he did a, a video with his phone, and somebody in the crowd yelled out white power. 
and that got on the video and that video got posted online. And now the narrative is, I mean, this is everywhere right now. The narrative is that Trump uh, blew the dog whistle for the white supremacists by posting that video online. Now, look, I mean, you could say a lot of things about Donald Trump, but he's not a stupid man. I mean, do you honestly think that he intentionally would post something like that online? I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, the premise of that. I mean, clearly he didn't realize what happened, but he posted it. He later deleted it. But now here we go. The narrative that Trump is a white supremacist because he posted that video. So you'll see that right now. And the other thing, if you did not miss Anthony Fauci, or as one of my guests calls him, uh, Ellie Marzulli calls him Anthony, Dr. Anthony Fiasco. If you did not miss, miss the, uh, the, the show, the Three Stooges, uh, the Coronavirus Task Force press conferences, it is back by popular demand. I guess, I don't know how often they're going to be getting together to do these press conferences, but apparently... Uh, the press conferences are back. The, these, you know, uh, meetings where they they drone on and on and on for hours. Those are starting back. I guess they had one on Friday, and they've got some of these planned for this week. I don't know if Trump is going to be involved in these at all, or if he's just going to have Vice President Pence. But uh, uh, they are back now. One video that I filmed yesterday morning. It was like six thirty-seven in the morning, and I filmed this video talking about an article that I had read in the Atlantic because everybody is talking about the spike, this coronavirus spike that has taken place. And obviously it's concerning. I mean, we're all, we're all concerned about the spike Um, here in Florida. They immediately decided to close down the bars. Why is it that it's the bars, right? So, so the black lives matter protests were, were fine, (laughs) but let's close down the bars. Because that's, you know, you can have thousands of people in the street arm to arm, but let's close down the bars. I don't really go to bars, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, but they did close down the bars here. That, that sort of, they did that here. They did it in Texas. They did it in Los Angeles. It's like, close down the bars because of coronavirus. So that's kind of the first salvo. But here's the deal. Um, they're in the publication, The Atlantic, and you can find this on my news feed at Facebook. You can find this. Um, I put I put the YouTube video up. I put the uh, video up also at Facebook. I put it also up on my Parler account. I'm going to talk about Parler uh, here in just a minute. I'm on Parler now. Um, there is an interesting thing that is happening, which is that the Centers for Disease Control is actually putting out um, the results from the coronavirus testing, including people that are not sick, people that simply have the antibodies because they were sick in the past. So they're not presently sick, but they have the antibodies because they have had the virus in the past. And what we're finding out every day is that more and more people have had the virus already. And I believe I'm one of them. I, I never, I haven't been tested for sure, but I, I, I'm almost positive. I had this back in February uh, which I've, I've mentioned on the show several times. The CDC said a few days ago that they think that as many as 10 times um, the number of people have had this virus already than the numbers are showing. So what's happening is in the reporting of these numbers, they're actually conflating 
people that are presently sick presently have the virus, meaning that they're contagious with those people that no longer have the virus that had the virus in the past. Um, so that, that to me is, uh, I believe probably largely contributing to these spikes, um, that we're seeing around the country in particular here in Florida, because look, it's a hundred degrees outside. This thing doesn't live in that kind of heat. And I just have a hard time believing that this spike is really legitimate, uh, based on the heat that we, I mean, I went out to my car this afternoon, started up my car and it said 114 degrees on my dash. Now that's obviously the temperature of the hood of the car. Once I got going down the road, it was like 96 or 97 today here in Florida. I just have a hard time believing that all these new cases are popping up in this kind of heat. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. Uh, but in any case, um, we'll see because the number you have to watch is the, uh, the death number and, and, and the deaths are not really going up. If you watch that statistic, the deaths are still are very low and continue to go down. And so one theory on this is maybe there's a sort of a mutation of the virus and it's not as deadly. I think the latest number I heard is that the mortality rate is now down to 0.6, which is almost, almost a half, just a half a percent of the people that get this die from it, uh, just over that. Uh, so it's, it's 0.6, is the percentage of people that die. Uh, that's the most recent statistic. So we're finding that it's not as deadly. So if the number is that low, which is kind of along the same lines as the flu, do we really need to worry about it? And hospitalizations are also, uh, you know, remarkably low. I mean, here in Florida, we have 21 million people. And I think I looked at it today and it shows we have a total of, uh, I, I mean, the, the number of the number of cases and deaths, it, it's just a tiny percentage. When you look at it in the overall scheme of things, not that we want anyone to die. We don't want anyone to die, but a lot of these folks honestly have, have other medical issues. Uh, they're up in age. They're, they're 70 plus they're 80 plus, and, and we don't want them to die either. But at the same time, we, we cannot shut this economy down again. And I, I certainly hope we're not even open to that. I don't think Trump is open to that. I don't think our governor here in Florida is open to that. I can't speak for the blue states though. Uh, the blue states, I could definitely see them. Uh, reverting and locking down if for no other reason than uh, to kind of affect the economy uh, for the, the upcoming election. Okay. Parler P A R L E R parlor, write it down. P A R L E R. I just moved from uh, when I say moved from, I still have my Facebook. I still have Twitter. I still have Instagram. I'm still on YouTube. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the things I normally do. But I heard about this parlor. A lot of people have been talking about it. President Trump is on there. Dan Bongino, um, Laura Loomer, who's a friend of ours, is on there. A, a lot of people are on there now. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos is on there. Um, Megan Kelly just went on there. So a lot of big names are going on there. So I just moved to, uh, when I say moved to, not, I added, let's say, let's say it that way. I just added parlor. I added Parler to my arsenal of social media. I did it on Friday, 
Um, and then I started posting yesterday. And I have to tell you uh, what happened. It's, it's really remarkable and surprising. I only have right now, because I just set up the account, I have like 56 followers. That's it. That's nothing. I mean, every one of my other accounts, I've got thousands and thousands of people that follow me. On Parlor, I have 56 followers. That's it. Everything I post on there is getting more, uh, more views, more interaction, more engagement than my Twitter account, which has 10,000 on it. Which, which leads me to, it, it, it absolutely convinces me that what I have thought for the longest time is absolutely true, which is that I am being shadow banned on Twitter because I'll put some really good stuff up there on Twitter, some videos, some great articles. I mean, all kinds of stuff and I'll get like 20, 30, you know, views, maybe one or two clicks. It's almost like why bother? So I move over to this parlor, which is this new social media that is in direct competition with Twitter that does not censor. That's their claim to fame that they do not censor. And I love it. It's easy to use. There's a free app for your phone. You can use it on the, the desktop computer. You can use it on your, on your, uh, on your smartphone. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, um, so before I go to bed on, on uh, Saturday night, I posted a bunch of my recent videos from YouTube. I put links over on my parlor account. So I wake up this morning and I go to my YouTube statistics and every one of those videos had like dozens and dozens, in some cases over a hundred views. And I'm like, what's going on here? What's going on here? This never happens over on Twitter. I have 56 followers on parlor. How could I be getting all these views? What has been happening to me over on Twitter for the last what 13 years, 12 years that I've been on Twitter. So look, follow me on parlor. I may just get rid of everything and just do parlor. I don't know right now. It's something I'm adding, but I'm telling you, um, if you want to get a footprint out there, I mean, I only have 56 people and I'm getting all of this click through and people reading my comments and, and clicking to my articles and clicking to my videos. It's unreal. It's unreal, and I'm convinced more than ever that I'm being shadow banned over at Twitter. Okay, uh, among the other things happening, uh, crazy things, I- I'm pretty much done with sports. I don't know about you. I'm done with sports. I'm not, I don't think I'm going back to, maybe I'll watch baseball. Baseball hasn't gone off the deep end yet, but I guess it was announced today the NBA players are all going to have social justice statements now on the back of their jerseys. So when you're watching the game, you're going to you're going to see all of this on the back of their jerseys. You know, God forbid you'd put a Christian Bible verse uh, on a jersey or something like that. They wouldn't allow that. But uh, my problem is this. I mean, look, if, if you're a, an NBA player, I mean, you've got you've got fame, you've got money. Go protest, you know, outside of the games. I mean, go hold your own giant rallies buy radio ads. I mean, do stuff with your money. I mean, go out there, but don't make me get involved with all that while I'm watching you play basketball. If I buy a ticket for a hundred bucks to go watch you play basketball, I don't want to read your slogan. I want to watch you dunk a basketball. I'm there. Am I the only one 
whenever I watch sports, I want to get out of this whole crazy world that we're living in. I don't want to go to a, a game and, and be involved with people kneeling for the anthem and politics and slogans on people's jerseys. I'm going there to have fun. You know, my son and I'll go to my son and I will go to an NBA game. We'll both get a couple of sausage sandwiches and a couple of beers and enjoy the game. I want to leave all that outside. I don't want to, you know, look, I live and breathe this stuff enough as it is. And I know I'm not the only one. I mean, is there nowhere anymore we can go without all of this uh, political stuff that we have to deal with? And then we've got um, uh, realtors announcing today they'll no longer use the term master when referring to master bedrooms in homes. I guess we're not smart enough to realize that a word can have actually more than one meaning. So now, and and by the way, for everyone that has earned a master's degree, you're going to probably have to give that back because the word master has now been added to the list of things we can't say. All right. uh, One quick last thing before we go to our guest who uh, we'll be holding here. Uh, The Church of Scientology, we've got our good friend, Tony Ortega, coming back in a couple of weeks to to talk with us about this case. Actor Danny Masterson uh, has recently, just a few days ago, he's been uh, charged uh, uh, with rape, uh, three victims, multiple charges. But here's where this get where this kind of blows up and involves Scientology. Um, So these alleged rape victims I say alleged so I don't get sued. These alleged rapes that uh, are, are going to court the criminal charges. There's an additional allegation that the Church of Scientology, on behalf of Danny Masterson, tried to silence these three women. They came forward with the rape allegations. Look, I don't know what happened here. This man's entitled to a trial. I don't know the truth any more than you do. But the Church of Scientology has got some explaining to do here, especially in this whole Me Too movement and that victims are to be believed, right? Not silenced. And so so we're going to have a big uh, episode coming up about Scientology in a couple of weeks. Tony Ortega will be back with us and we'll be talking about uh, this Danny Masterson case, which we've talked about before. Uh, but we're going to have an opportunity to uh, revisit that as well. Okay, we've got to take a one-minute break to refire the open, and we'll be back. Uh, for those watching on the video feed, I'm going to hold up the book here. The uh, book is called Operation Jack Knapp. This is fascinating. Uh, the man himself, Jack Teich, will be here with his wife. They're going to talk about his kidnapping, which took place in 1974. He was held for three quarters of a million dollars uh, of ransom. And uh, he's going to be here himself with his wife to share this amazing story. I'm so looking forward to this interview. We'll refire the open. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. <laughs> 